0: Fort Spencer. Uh, the Spanish built this place as a mission. We inherited her. Now we're a way station for western travelers on their way through the Nevadas. We don't get much traffic through these parts in the winter, so we maintain only a skeleton company that consists of Private Toffler, who's our personal emissary from the Lord. Major Knox, who never met a bottle he didn't like. Private Reich, he's our soldier. I just steer clear of him. And Martha, you've met. Bet you didn't get a word out of her. And uh, George, her brother. They're both locals. He sort of came with the place. And then there's uh, Private Cleves. The overmedicated Private Cleves. And you and I make eight. Cleves cooks. Knox used to be a veterinarian, so he plays doctor. And my advice to you is: don't get sick. I tell you don't eat, but then most of us have to.
1: It's time for Does It Hold Up? Later in the show, actually. It's not time for. But today's show is about ravenous. Does it hold up or not? We'll focus on that in our main event, like we always do on every episode, which you usually find around 40 minutes into the show. So if you're new to a cinnamon podcast at all... Please skip ahead to the main part if you're just dying. If you're ravenous for ravenous, you can skip ahead to the 40-minute uh, mark or so, usually on our episodes, if you don't like our previous banter. But we kind of like our previous banter. We feel like we have something to offer, and that's why we do the show. He's Travis Roy. That's Eric Branchum, I'm Michael Govier. Travis, do you enjoy our opening segments? Um, it's pretty much my only
2: social life, so I'm going to say yes. I like
1: it. Can I laugh at that? <laughs> yeah.
2: I think it's like one of those laugh cries because it's like ah,
1: yeah, that's uh, that's
2: sad but true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah.
1: maybe after Omicron I'll we'll have a life juicy. again. Yeah, it is. Watch that <laughs> yeah. <our> first step. <laughs> Watch that first step. Needle nose Ned. Uh, Eric Brantram, I know you love our opening segments where we talk about our lives. We mention some movies here and there. We review stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's a great
3: opportunity to get uh, some suggestions you may not have heard from uh, in your own social inner circle. Again, it's the two of you, and I haven't seen one of you in person in two years. So that that's not true.
1: That's not true. Come on. You forgot. It's well, you true. forgot Tra- Travis wasn't there, but you saw me at the feast. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> we. Well, I think it's important that it we did important. see each other in real life. So. Yeah.
2: No, it's true. But, I wish I was there. But it's good to see you guys now, and it's good to have everybody uh, joining in. If you're a regular listener, thank you for rejoining us. If you're, uh, you know, a one-time or new-time listener, hello, welcome, stay a while, uh, have a bite of stew. <laughs>
1: Mmm, mm. stew. Yeah, John Spencer loves stew. He really does. He's <laughs> good enough himself. Yeah, I've never uh, seen
2: anyone enjoy stew as much as John Spencer coming at the very end of the movie and be like, Mmm, acting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah. Also, his hair was ridiculous, which we'll talk about later when we right. focus on Does It Hold Up or Not? Revenus, 1999 selection from Eric Bransham. He chose this film. I got a comment on Twitter today before the show, which you guys can tweet at us, Cinema 9 Pod. Or me personally, M.J. Govier, Royzavoir, R.O.Y.S.E.R.V.O.I.V.O.I.R. Yeah, right. Uh, like, Eric, right, I don't know if Reg you use your Twitter much. Only
2: Royzavoir instead of know, that's probably
1: an easier way to describe it. So, yeah. but Eric is on the Twitter. He doesn't use it much, sure. but I did tag him and gave full credit to you because Ravens fan. Which I thought was weird. He loves ravenous, and then his handle was related to the Ravens. I didn't know if there was a connection or not, but that's a football team, so I, it's strange. I never but made the connection
2: was... between those words, but you're right. There's probably an etymological thing going on there, I bet. A-
1: have you ever uh, done
2: history on that? Uh, no, can't say that I have. Uh, not that, Not specifically on the history of the word ravenous, but I think you're onto something there. With Raven. Oh. I never thought of it before, but it makes sense. Like acting like a Raven, basically.
1: Acting! <laughs> uh, so Ricky Bobby uh, is Raven fan 5255 says Mike, you have been naming some classics. This movie legit gave me nightmares when I was younger creepy and twisted all right well i gave full credit to eric because he's the one who chose it and i made sure that that was on the record so we're glad that you're a fan of the movie and hopefully you're watching this episode if you haven't been watching before it's good to have you here this is what we do we love talking movies we're almost coming up to 100 episodes we got uh some exciting plans for our 100th don't we travis
2: we do we're gonna have some guests we're gonna have the boys both of them i believe from the podcast podcasting after dark which if you're not familiar by all means check them out incredible Uh, yeah great podcast very funny guys doing deep dives on some of the most obscure movies you could think of (laughs) yeah uh but all but always like classics in their own right and they also will do other kind of like tangential it's not just movies they'll get into uh, tv shows from the 80s and uh, <laughs> toys and stuff like that so definitely check out
1: podcasting after dark if you like podcasts about movies that's an obvious but if you also like podcasts about specific genres or actors uh travis did you show up again on the cage raid podcast or was this an original episode so
2: we had daryl edge from the cage rage podcast on for weatherman a couple months I back knew. And shortly after that, I recorded for him with him for the for the movie um, Arsenal, also known as Southern Fury in some places, <laughs> uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> and uh, I, he took a little bit of a hiatus over the holidays. So he just kind of came back. And so I, while well, I
1: recorded it all the way back in December, that that episode is now available. Cool. Oh, yeah. OK, so that's what that is. Well, that's yeah. good. If you guys never caught the episode it is available make sure you get your ass to mars and check mm. out the cage race podcast with our friend daryl and listen to what travis has to say if somebody knows the most about nicholas cage as far as anybody i know it's got to be travis roy i like the man very much i don't know if you know anything about it personally like if you, you know it's funny him, um
2: i don't want to get too much into the bad trouble i had a couple weeks ago but when i was going through a rough spot recently uh, I'll, ne- I'll probably never be able to watch the movie Pig again, as much as I love mm. it, for uh, oh. for reasons. But I really did like, for whatever reason, when I was going through that, I went and I listened to a ton of Nick Cage interviews about the movie Pig, mm. and I loved oh. it. And I realized I actually never really did delve that deep into his personal life. I've heard things here and there, like we all have castles, weird cars, you know, like you hear like <laughs> random shit, tax trouble, uh, but uh, I never really dug that much into his personal life. Very much, you know, probably more than most people would know, but I, you know, I didn't like research him, man. So it was kind of, it was actually pretty cool to hear him talk about his craft and feel like I got to know Nick a little bit better.
1: Mm -hmm. Right on. Hmm. Respectable. Hmm. I'm glad to hear that Nick Cage is offering the world to people who need it, especially when you you need something to get away from or you're just looking for solace. Listen to Nick Cage's interviews. That's news (laughs) to me. I actually did watch a clip of him recently on. you know, TikTok, they have all these just endless videos that come at you, boom, 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 boom. And I think Nick Cage popped up in a quick interview with, Christ, some other actor. Oh, it was John Krasinski. They were talking about big budget films mm-hmm. and studio notes, which was always, it was fascinating to get his point about, you know, studio notes, fuck that stuff. because You just <laughs> never know what's going to happen. And uh, Nick Cage was also very poignant when he was discussing that. So that makes sense.
2: You're hmm. a poignant man.
1: He's uh, up. By the way, uh, do you want to tell people about your wonderful John Cena gifts? Because last week, the John Cena Fest was in full effect. Yeah. And you got John (laughs) Cena gifts sent to your door.
2: Uh, Yeah, I absolutely was going to address that. I figured I'd I'd do it when I. uh... At any rate, first of all, so I'm wearing a John Cena t shirt right now. And you'll (laughs) see that if you're watching the video, you'll see I've got a a really nice McFarlane Toys Peacemaker uh, toy here. Looks startlingly like the man. And, uh, Last week, I regret that I didn't use the phrase file," so I'm glad I got the chance to use that this time. But, you know, I was talking about how I was very sad last week or a couple weeks ago when I had to take time off. And, um, you know, how it, it had been uh, John Cena that, for whatever reason, I had kind of latched onto in my depression as a, an escape and a form of comfort and and solace. And dear friend of the show, dear friend of mine, Aaron Worley. Uh, Eric, you can mute yourself, you know, uh, if you're going <laughs> to search around for shit. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> As I was saying, uh, but good friend of mine and of the show, Aaron Worley, uh, very kindly sent me a Cena care package that was just like this T-shirt, this lime green fluorescent John Cena T-shirt and the peacemaker toy there which was what a nice thing to do really and he did it anonymously you know i didn't know it was him at first but i kind of figured it had to be him you know uh so that was really
1: sweet of him that was really really sweet of him that really was i mean yeah. that is that's like uh oh what shit that's above and beyond that is yeah, great it was, news it was man. really nice good for him yeah good for everybody we got good friends man
2: Yeah, you know, as as bad as uh, what I recently went through was, it 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 has been really nice having so many people be supportive, and that was it's been really beautiful for that for that reason alone. (laughs) That is so cool.
1: Well, that makes us happy, Aaron. You know, we love you on this show, so we always will love you on this show, and we'll love you in real life too. Thanks for doing that. You're a good guy. All right, so there it is. Uh, As a little opening chatter, I guess. Not that we have a quota or requirements. We just kind of talked about stuff, and now we're going to talk about. Viewing picks. oh yeah
2: quarantine viewing picks time to get into what we've been watching Uh, i didn't watch that much this week it was kind of a busy week but i did i did check off a few new films um lots of 2021 films Uh, other than the change up for some reason i revisited the change up i guess it might continued um you know, I kind of got confused with uh, what's the other Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston film. I thought Jennifer Aniston was going to pop up and then she never did the, the switch uh, with the switch up, which is another the Jason change B- up. Yeah, the, oh, wait, uh, no, there's the, the change up is with Ryan Reynolds, where they get vice versa to, into different bodies, ah, which okay, was okay. very 2011, just extremely like, ooh, like oh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, still OK. Um, and then I also revisited The Father from 2020 for uh the other podcast I have with friend of the show, Chad Gibbons. Um, the best film podcast with Chad and Travis, check that out. Hey Chad. So new releases. I, I think I'll go in order that I uh in backwards order of least liked to most liked. Uh I watched I watched Nightmare Alley from 2021 from Guillermo del Toro. Eric, did you end up watching it? No. Nope. No, so it's on it's on HBO Max now, and my expectations may have been a, a bit too high for this one. Oh, well, it's um, gamma del Toro. Yeah, yeah, it is, and uh, so I, I will put this more in the category of Crimson Peak than The Shape of Water. You know what I mean? Um, it it was uh, it was good. It was good, and there's some things as a historian I loved about it. There needs to be more films set in the late '30s, early '40s that have nothing to do with World War II. That was really nice. I love that it had to do with the carnival and and the, and that kind of stuff, but uh, that first hour was really strong, and then it shifted gears plot wise. No spoilers, but it, it shifted gears and just kind of went down a road that I just wasn't interested in. There's and there was oh, another yeah. hour and a half to go after that, and I just kind of, yeah. I mean, great performance from Bradley Cooper. I mean, the, the man took a little bit of a break, and it's good to have him back. And he's and he came back strong. I mean, he really really can act, and there's there is some good stuff in here. I I, I will revisit it. I'll revisit it. Maybe, Yay. maybe with, maybe with lowered expectations. A few years down the line, I might, I might get more out of it.
1: I never saw fish out of water. Fish out of water. Oh, oh. <laughs> God, what a dumbass I am. That's, That's fish.
2: Fish Man the okay. movie. You didn't fish, see man fish Man the, the movie. There's, I've heard, heard the all fish. the
1: jokes about the fish fucking and stuff, and I feel like it's ruined it because I might as well just not see it now. But I feel like there's more to it than that. I will. Uh, yeah, there's
2: it. significantly more to it than that. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, right. it's that's definitely especially, and you're a Mike Shannon fan, a Michael Shannon fan, so you would you would like that? He's big in it. It's a big, it's a big role for him. He's for that alone. You should watch
1: it. I want to make something. You you brought it up real quick. Go on, yeah. Kind of. I respect the hell out of Michael Shannon. Oh, you're not a I, fan. I, know you, I don't know why. I don't, I no, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm not a fan. I just you guys are definitely fan, and there's huge fans. He has a. I feel like he's got a hardcore following. The people yeah. that are dedicated to him. Yeah, he does. And he's a really good actor. I have nothing but immense respect for him but there's something about him that makes me uncomfortable and i'm not even sure what it is um i, I gotta look into that
2: i think that's one of the things i like about him is it kind of he's a you know he's a little off kilter he kind of makes the viewer feel on edge even he in, does he's, yeah and, and i like that about it but uh, i will try and store that in the old memory bank that you're of moderate fandom of, of mr shannon <laughs>
1: <laughs> i gotta figure out i got i'm gonna go to therapy to talk about why i got problems with michael shannon <laughs> <laughs> There's something about yeah. his jaw. I don't
2: know. Makes me think of Jaws from Jaws, you know, from Jaws from the bombs anyway. You
1: imagine the <laughs> asshole that goes in for shit like that. And some doctor, or some culture's got to deal with that. Oh, you poor people. <laughs> I think, I think uh. I've been that asshole. Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: another movie that's getting a lot of high praise that I certainly enjoyed. Didn't quite live up to my expectations, but it was good. Was Last Night in Soho from from uh, Edgar Wright, mm. which. I think his stuff personally is strongest when he stays away from computer-generated imagery and the stuff you know. So the stuff like Hot Fuzz and stuff like Shaun of the Dead, more practical effects type stuff is is usually I'm I'm pretty into it. When you start getting into like The World's End and uh, and the, the 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 one that everyone loves, Scott Pilgrim you know I just I just feel really detached from that stuff. it just hmm. i never I never get invested in it and that's kind of how I felt with this one I just never I never got invested in it uh unique ghost story did either one of you guys see this one yet no no it was it's it's a unique movie It's def- definitely worth checking out but uh yeah so uh night, last night in so worth seeing the, the one I saw that I liked the most this week which I've been back and forth on David Lowry's movies but the green Knight, was definitely uh something i really really enjoyed did you catch it eric
3: no it's at the top of my list
2: yeah i it's it's been at the top of mine for a while too and this is it's been very few times the last couple years where i was like damn i really wish i had seen this one in theaters but i wish i'd seen this one in theaters this is a Mm -hmm. really well directed movie i can i can imagine it's not for everyone there's a couple choices in it where where i was like why, why am I looking at this right now? <laughs> but um <laughs> overall, I, I mean I, I I think this might be the best directed film of the year, in my opinion. I mean, it looks fantastic. It's a really unique but also really faithful take on the story, which was cool as I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot. I used to read this story all the time. like as a little little kid, I just kind of had forgotten that I'd done that. so mm-hmm. and and it was a good movie, so I'm definitely gonna recommend the Green Knight.
1: Cool. That was on Aaron's top five last week, right?
2: I believe it was. It was also on, as I mentioned, friend of the show. So ah, friend of the show, Chad, uh, I think he said it was mm. other than Dune. It was his favorite movie of 2021. Mm. So I was like, all right, let's yeah. get getting, it's getting a lot of high praise. I should check it out. And yeah, worth shit. it.
3: After a yeah, ghost d- story, yeah. it's been tough for me to yeah, rush I, to I, Lowry's dude, films. But dude, I turned I heard, ghost story was, off. Yeah, so did I have fucking hated it. But The Body Saints. Uh yeah. Pete's Dragon. Yeah. I've been like this Pete's Dragon, but after a ghost story.
2: Well, I I, I think I can this is worth it. This is worth okay. your time. Cool. Okay.
3: How right. about you, Eric Brash? What you yeah. been watching, buddy? buddy? <laughs> Fuck. I watched uh Pump Up Watch the Volume film. earlier today. Oh yeah. Classic. Fuck, yeah. Never seen this movie, uh, oh, nineteen ninety. I, I just you never seen a poster. No, <laughs> I still remember in nineteen ninety, me at the video store in Universal Sight and Sound in Brighton. They had the huge cardboard cutout of Christian Slater, like just like looking at me, like in the DJ booth. And I remember, even as a kid, being like, "Who cares? Like, who cares about you being a DJ?" I had no clue what it was, it was even about until I, I watched it this morning. But uh,
2: how would it go down with that any nostalgia behind it? <laughs>
3: um, to be honest with you. Uh, that first hour, it, I really, really enjoyed, and then it kind of runs out of things to say, and it just kind of like what? peters out for me. To, yeah, I'm just being here. honest with you, man. Like, because it throws like all this really important high school stuff, suicide and uh sexual questioning, your way in a way that I didn't really see in a high school quote unquote movie before, and it's edgy as fuck. I mean, the soundtrack is fucking unbelievable. Like, I was like, my mind was blown every five seconds. Dead Kennedys or no, no descendants, MC5, uh, Pixies, Leonard Cohen, just amazing. And Samantha Mathis, Mathis, uh, so so talented, so beautiful, missing in action currently, but uh I always love seeing her. But like I said, after like like they like he's trying to figure out like what do I do? They found they're coming to get me. I was like, all right, whatever, who cares? <laughs>
1: Dude, I watched this uh, several months ago. Probably It's probably more months than I even realized. Man, time is just getting so bizarre these days. It really is. Well, but dude. I watched it, and I was like, this movie is going to be timeless. This movie is actually getting more poignant. That was my updated well, response to Pump Up the Volume. It's It's got a really, really timeless message. You say that, but I'm watching it, I'm like, well, Christ.
3: This is like, what, 15 years before YouTube were... Where everybody has a voice that they can instantly put out there for everyone to hear. Everyone kind of has their own show now. So like, <laughs> what's that? To think, like? of, to, think, <laughs> to think of the time. Exactly. Look look at us. But like to think of like just one person's message, like getting to so many people and, and making them change their minds. And I'm talking about a teenager. Is that's you're not going to see just something like that um, today. But it's you know it's interesting. And the whole like like what did we have like in 1990 we just had our our music and like the movies that we all like but like unless you were friends with someone who had a a you know a specific voice that could speak to you or a teacher that had some balls like you weren't getting you know much valuable advice uh, especially from parents but I, I dug the film i just thought it petered out a little bit so yeah pop yeah, yeah, yeah that, but I'm thinking, like, you don't recognize that voice. You guys are all trying to figure out who this is in your school. It's, like, the most distinct voice I've ever <laughs> heard scramble. in my life. Yeah, That's but it was hilarious. scrambled. Yeah, yeah. it caught on him. I'm like, oh, yeah, he had to scramble his voice because he does. Right.
2: <laughs> wow, yeah, that, that is so funny. Sounds like a young Jack Nicholson. What are you going to do? Oh,
1: yeah, remember uh, the cops? God, <laughs> the cops in the 90s. He's the next Jack Nicholson. Those cops were everywhere, and this is in a time when there is no internet. Well, the internet technically existed, but you know what I mean. It just... Arpanet. this was in a period of Arpanet time that was talking magazines. about christian
2: slater yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: Shit, <man. Yep. laughs> um after tick tick boom i had to go back and watch uh rent chris columbus directed the the
1: chris columbus directed of it,
3: it? Of, of all people
2: how was and, it i mean yeah i
3: i i, I, loved, I enjoyed it like I, I was just so blown away by tick tick boom and mostly because of this this story of this true person that inspired me so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the work is for 1995, I think he wrote it, because he passed in 96, like on the eve of its premiere in New York. Um, just so poignant in, in what he was saying in the mid-90s. So, And I like the songs a lot. And to be honest, like when it started, I'm like, oh, fuck, Rosario Dawson? Like, if, if, I don't know if you know this about me, but like I – I can't. I. I. have never liked this girl before. I cannot put my finger. It's kind like, of like a Michael Shannon thing. I was talking to my therapist about the other night. I'm like Valeria <laughs> Dawson. Like I, I. I don't understand the hype, but she was my favorite part of the movie. To be honest with you. Uh yeah. And you know it was Chris Columbus I gave him credit first musical, <laughs> and he shot it beautifully. It was. It was really entertaining and fun. So yeah, I dug the film.
1: As what's his face in it? Wasn't he the original the guy from Days of Confused? Yeah, uh, okay.
3: Anthony Rapp. He, he's. Fine in it, like points a camera at stuff. But uh, Adina oh, I think it was in the original too. I'm so curious. Yeah, most of the original cast comes back. Uh, 500, day-day.
1: what is it, 526,000 hours yeah, or some shit like yeah, that? That's a classic yeah. song from that. It's really good. Tune. It's really Where's Jamie good. Andrews when you need him? Jamie, could sing every word of it. I guarantee it right now. <laughs> a yeah, secret right massive now. show tune lover. <laughs> uh, check it out man check it out I just outed you Jamie sorry
2: Floyd <laughs> giving us the exact number five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred.
3: Yep. thank you yeah man. I remember Steve singing this quite a bit but I dug <laughs> rent it comes you around do? Alive. I do I You're remember really... him talking about enjoying rent quite a bit and yeah but you remember I, him singing it a lot <laughs> I remember him talking about being a fan of it okay, I never okay. got around to it but Pulitzer Prize it just drama, broke
1: out so. in song like in the middle of an afternoon at a lunch and 500
3: <laughs> <point>! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I finally caught Antlers, the Scott Cooper Wendigo film. Yeah, how was it? I mean, oh, speaking man. of
2: Wendigo films, dude, uh, not into it,
3: <laughs> it was boring, uh, which sucks because Scott Cooper, like his yeah. first few films, like for me, there it is again, like Crazy Horse and Out of the Furnace. Personally, I find those to be very dry, boring films. And then when he comes out with Black Mass and uh,
0: Crossed crazy bore. I'm like, oh, he's
3: back. Yeah, yeah, crazy bore. Uh, <laughs> and his last two, I'm like, oh, he's back. Like he's oh, finally man. gotten a, a better script. Yeah. Sorry, this one's fucking boring. It takes it's like 90 minutes long, and it takes an hour and 10 minutes for anyone to even like Graham green to come in and be like, oh yeah, it's Wendigo for them to explain what's going on. And then like it's over after CG <sighs> Wendigo comes okay. in. Dumb. You
2: meant Crazy Heart? Okay, I was so fucked crazy, up. For a crazy there. Heart.
3: Okay. Crazy heart. I was like, they Sorry. made a
2: fucking movie about Crazy Horse. I was really excited.
3: Uh, like, oh. <laughs> no, not yet. Hollywood <laughs> would never do that, Travis. Um, yeah, man, I was let down, and he, I was. I'm waiting for like two years for this to come out, and it does, and it's just dead on arrival.
2: Hmm. All right. Well, I'll, still, I'll still catch it, but I'll have to maybe put a grain of salt in there when I do.
3: Yeah, uh, put a grain in or two. Uh, the wrong <laughs> man, Alfred Hitchcock. Like this is like one of these lost Hitchcock films that no one talks about. It comes out after Rear Window. 1956 and we got henry fonda it's a classic case of mistaken identity he may or may not be the guy that's responsible for all these holdups and like he goes throughout the whole system and like his life's in turmoil what's it? How how is he going to deal with this and it made me laugh i i loved the film but like i remember hearing that hitchcock has like a huge fear of two things eggs and being arrested by the police and like when you watch this movie like, the way he films, like, being arraigned and detained by police and having to sit in the cell, it's, like, he films it like it's a fucking nightmare, probably because, like, it's a, a huge phobia of his, but really enthralling uh, mystery that uh, is fucking awesome even today. So, yeah, really good. Excellent. You should check it out, man. Of course, Book of Boba Fett, that last episode, I, my jaw was on the floor. I watched it three times. <laughs> They're finally there. Like, I'm a, I won't spoil anything. But when it comes to mocap work and when they're doing this like de-aging stuff, yeah. it's been hit or miss for me. I dug Kurt Russell and Guardians. I dug Michael Douglas and Ant-Man. But I've always been like, well, nah, I'm looking at an effect. This, this isn't a person. Mm-hmm. This is an effect. Yesterday, I, 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 I was convinced I was just watching an, a performance by an actor. I, I think they're almost there for photorealism. I think it's real close.
2: Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty sweet uh the effects and and overall I'm yeah I'm, I'm kind of happy w- with where it's going. I, I had tuned out for a minute cuz I'm like this yep. is starting to get a little yeah. I don't know. It was getting really shitty but we're back. And I remember yep. that season 2 of Mandalorian it had a big dip. I mean there mm-hmm. was there was it started off real slow mm-hmm. and so I mean as much as I love both of these shows they I I can't pretend that they're consistent.
1: Right. But really? you know, like consistent like episodes. they're good, bad, good, bad, up and down episodes. Yeah, I
2: find I find them kind of up and down. I mean there 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 are moments or entire episodes or moments of episodes that I'm like, this is fucking great. And then there's yeah s- sometimes sometimes whole up epi- episodes like of us like there was like four episodes in a row of Mandalorian season two where I'm like, I think I'm done watching this. It's yeah, like, yeah I'm not into yeah. it. And then it came back with a vengeance.
3: Right. Oh, well, it's these okay. set pieces. They'll have these incredible set pieces, like the train uh, deal in in episode two of Book of Boba Fett. was Just yeah, mind blowing. But then right. they go for these segmented stretches of just exposition and trying to get to one step to the next that are just like really underwritten and dry. But and at, know, at the same time,
2: sometimes is. like really leaning too hard on being episodic, where everything's kind right. of figured out by the end of the episode. Yeah. And then I'm like, uh, that's I want give me a continued story here. I don't I don't yeah. like it. You know, I don't want to watch the continued adventures of blah, right. blah, and
3: so-and-so. Like Saturday morning cartoon, but like <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah I mean, we're getting something, and, and it's good material, so I'm yeah. happy. That's it for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen uh, anything from Book of Boba Fett yet, so uh, Check it out. for some reason, I feel like it seems like... Uh, oh, first off, we have several comments. Ghost says, Ghost? good evening, everyone. Hi, Ghost. Ghost. Good Ghost. Hi, Ghost. And lore master Book of Boba Fett pog... I don't hmm. know what that remember means. Pogs? I do remember Pogs. Uh seemed be, uh, the deep the was so good, I swore it was makeup.
3: So. Slammer. What? What were Pogs like? What is Slammer? What was that game? The Slammer.
2: Well, the Slammer was the big heavy pog, the, the heaviest of the pog, and all the other pogs were like light things. Just,
1: I, I, never, I
2: never really played it, but I, I remember my friend. Neither did
1: I, but I remember did. seeing it.
2: And yeah, so like I remember the the basic slammer. gist of it. I, I, it never seemed like it was destined for long term. Uh, all these? Fun. I used
1: to be one of these assholes. The assholes in the the area next to the lunchroom with that phone yep. bank. We just constantly yep. call these stupid eight hundred numbers, like one eight hundred flowers.
2: Yeah. Yep. Or, or, or Ian
1: yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yep.
2: Eric yep, and Bobby I uh, may yep. have may have harassed a man who did not play no, Emperor
3: Palpatine. Confirmed. He did not. But we called him every day on our lunch break.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, sir. <laughs> I was also <laughs> I was also one of those. Uh, a Hacky, sag, it was hacky, hacky Sack, sack Man, Circle. It just,
3: yeah, it was huge.
1: It was like all we needed in the world. God, it was so yeah. simple. Cookies, yeah. and and <laughs> mm. yeah. Yeah. Cookies and cream Twix in a Hacky Sack Circle. What can you ask for? 1997, y'all. Cookies and cream Twix. We had those yeah. at the feast this year. Ice cream Golden. bars. Very, very good. Very, very good. Incredible. Uh, all right. Bit so thank you, Eric. Beautiful stuff. Uh, <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. I wonder if Book of Boba Fett yeah. has any Twix in it. Uh, I haven't seen the show yet, so... Yeah,
3: I got, and eagle eye viewers may have spotted one or
1: two. But, uh, I have yet. That would be the most blatant uh, <laughs> sponsorship. Well, yeah. In a, in a I mean, a TV show. Let's ever. put it
3: this way: Stephen Root talking about Bib Fortuna. I mean, they give you that, so it's it's good in my book.
2: That, that really? Well,
3: that sounds yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, talking that's,
2: about his contemporary Bib Fortuna. <laughs> so awesome.
1: That's enough to tune in. I got I got several to catch up on there because I still haven't seen Hawkeye. There's several Disney yeah. Plus no, and Hawkeye's the MCU. That's what people say, so that's also very surprising. <laughs> but, you know, just because Hawkeye's lame as a character doesn't mean the show can't be good.
2: I, I wasn't surprised because I never found him lame as a character myself. I, see, I, I think I've well, rung this bell before, but to me it's always been like like Black Widow and Hawkeye have, a, have been pretty much my favorites because they're just regular yes. people and they keep oh, up with yeah. everyone else. So I've always really liked them.
1: Well, I actually, I actually really liked Hawkeye as the the character itself, outside of the MCU, back in in the older days when I mm-hmm. used to play with him on the Avengers in a <laughs> video game, and I loved Hawkeye. Yeah, he was a good
2: one to play. I liked playing him too.
1: Yeah, it, it just seems like I just had some beefs with the representation of the character and how I think Joss Whedon kind of screwed him in some of the ways that he was portrayed, which was really not Jeremy yeah. Renner's choice. Or right. I mean,
2: Renner was was so not thrilled with those initial bursts of his performance, you know, what he was given that he asked to be killed off at one point and it didn't happen oh did he really early on because yeah he, he would agree with you that like th- some of the earlier the first like two movies basically that he was pretty underserved like the character was underserved
1: yeah he gets hypnotized or whatever gets brainwashed and then he has a line in the second one i don't do the brainwash thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah good for you hut. buddy hot 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 sir good huts to you all right so Many i huts. have I'm still screwing around. I definitely watched today's movie, which we'll focus on momentarily. Rabidness. Oh, that's good. It's so important that's that you good. watch the movie. It is. I yeah, definitely am <laughs> making time to watch the movies, but I'm still just watching dumb shit on YouTube when I go to bed. My my time to look at a screen has not disappeared. So tell it's me not that it's I was, more
3: airplane disaster
1: documentaries. I, I did. I got off those. That's true. Okay. I did. I think okay. I tapped out like every. <laughs> One of those. It's <laughs> just no more. <laughs> Airline travel is still very, very safe. So eventually, there's only so many disasters. Um, but yeah, just I haven't been watching movies lately, and I gotta get back into it. I need to find the groove, and I need to watch Licorice Pizza. I still. Oh, oh to here we that. go again. Let me guess. You're thinking about <sighs> going this week with Chris Theory. I'm telling you this. I think tomorrow. There. Tomorrow's yeah oh well, yeah you got a little treat there <laughs> oh you get yourself yeah, a little yeah. little little Debbie? little Debbie that's what we are
3: hearing cookies and cream brownie when you guys when you brought up the Twix <laughs> so I to I had it in the cupboard
2: talking cookies and cream and you stopped what you, you were go doing got up and went to the cupboard and I got did. yourself a, is that little Debbie's or Mrs. freshly was,
3: no straight little Debbie oh wow that looks, it
1: actually I'm sounds gross man. <laughs> oh. ew yeah. yeah oh I you know what I miss is uh <laughs> what was that shit we were eating in Philly all the time what's the drakes choco bliss no, the, other, the uh the other ones, they make like, it's like hostess over there. You know what I'm talking about.
2: Oh, 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 shit. Pardon tasty then... cakes. Tasty cakes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, oh, tasty man. cakes. They're yeah, like yeah. the. Shout out to Tasty hostess. Cakes.
1: Shout out to Tasty Cakes. Definitely yeah. went over to Acme and bought 10,000 tasty cakes. <laughs> about it. And then went Zinger. in my room and ate alone and went to sleep for 12 hours. It was a great routine.
3: So...
1: Zinger's also really good. Good God. <laughs> uh, it's tasty and the, you know <laughs> Tasty cake, bitch. I only really laugh just like Travis did at the beginning of the episode because it's so sad. You have to laugh. Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: All uh, right. So, anyways, I got to get on the movies, guys. I'll do better. But I actually do see an opportunity tomorrow. I really do. I really oh, think because I got to go pick up my brother take him okay. to the pharmacy and drop him off at, like, 10 in the morning and don't have to pick up Leanne until 5. So, I think right. I got a window here That'd to go see it. Licorice Pizza, and I think it might happen. I really do.
2: I'll be honest with you. So long as you watch the movie of the week that we're doing for the podcast, I don't give a uh-huh. shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who cares, Mike? Yeah, no one gives a shit what you're watching. No, no, I, no
2: I mean, I, I'm kidding. Of course, <laughs> I. after, like, what is it, like two months? <laughs> uh <laughs> we can uh, finally get that movie under your belt lore master chiming in with his zingers. favorite is zingers i yeah, like, so good. chocolate zingers man those man. are the red ones uh, yeah, if the you can get red yellow or chocolate i think they may even have yeah. like, orange and some like huh. a gum or something but a
3: scrape, like the bricklayer trowel of chocolate on the top
2: it's been plowed with frosting <laughs> yeah.
3: like fine, fine like with frosting
0: Oh, <laughs>
2: wow uh, I love jokes about snack cakes. So hey. That's the kind of podcast material everyone loves.
1: It's a snack cake podcast. Yeah. Welcome in. All right, we, we have no emails this week. If you do want to email us, you can. Cinnamon9pod at ProtonMail.com like Aaron did last week. You're more than welcome to. We appreciate your input on what you're watching. Uh, suggestions for future episodes. You never know. You might put something in our brain be like, you know, I actually wanted to do that movie. You never quite know for sure. Having said all that. Uh, lore master, yeah. chocolate zingers all the way. Okay, yep. I think we're gonna move on from the Tasty cake talk and the overall treats because we got some treats in this movie called Ravenous. Boy, there are some delicious. There it is. Delicious. <laughs> this thing really is catchy. I, oh yeah. I didn't know what, what Eric was talking about last week. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and now I know. Now you I know. know.
2: I remember seeing this movie in oh, theaters okay. with Eric and friend of the show, Steve Laskowski, and I think friend of the show, Chad Gibbons, was there mm-hmm. as well. And uh, I, I, the movie ended, and I stood up, and I believe I announced like in the theater <laughs> two things, one of which was bonkers, and one of which was right. One of the bonkers thing was that I stood up and said, Jeffrey Jones is going to get an Academy Award for this.
0: Yeah, test.
2: Uh, <laughs> Sex press Jeffrey Jones is going to get an Academy Award. I must have been high. The other claim is that Damon Albarn and Michael Nyman were get a, would get an Academy Award for this, which wow. honestly, they should have been at least fucking nominated. The score for this is outstanding.
1: Wow. I agree. I, I, Jeffrey Jones, <laughs> I'm oh, no, on, on sorry. I mean, he's great. You have to good, kill.
2: Though. Amazing. You have to kill.
1: Yeah. yeah he was <laughs> I, walnut yeah. boy it's incredible it's not crazy it's not crazy it's not it actually makes sense context is key of course uh <laughs> <Yeah>. just, <laughs> Hollywood was not lined up to support him, <laughs> uh, I support oh, him from Steve. Uh, yeah that's
2: Speaking of Steve, uh, he chimes in with. Speaking of treats, watching this with Travis was a real treat. Likewise, buddy, I I never remember. You know, we do this every episode. Very rarely do I remember the experience of watching the movie, (laughs) Uh, but because I saw it with three of my best friends, I do recall. And and plus, it was a memorable movie. I mean,
1: right. So we're gonna hear that story. We're doing Ravenous. It's time. Does it hold up or not? Nineteen ninety nine. You know. Ben Franklin once said, eat to live.
2: Don't live to eat. Huh? Huh? Well, it's an easy
0: decision point. You can either famine or feast.
1: live or die. Starring Guy Pearce, Robert Carlyle, Jeffrey Jones, and a host of others, of course, because there's a full cast. And... This movie took place in a time period that is called Historic, so it's a historical <laughs> set piece, technically. could hmm, you slow down and spell that?
2: 1847. Oh, let's see.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, so Ravidus, this was Eric's choice, a fine choice. We already talked last week on the show about how this was a regular it was, it was always on at the dump, which was a house that me and Travis and five other guys at least lived at together on back in 0203 In yeah. <laughs> at least on one floor yeah. in Ypsilanti back in the day, and Ravenous and Rounders, and and then there might be another one, but those are the two. That's, oh, deconstructing <laughs> Harry, yes, thank you, thank you. Yep. Boy, there's a lot of cancellations going on with these films here. Yeah, uh, yeah unfortunately, geez. but. So, that's cool. So, you can remember your original story. Every episode, we take ourselves back in time to our original viewing. So, tell us more, Travis.
2: Well, so, you know, I mean, I kind of already touched on it, and I I enjoyed the movie so much that I remember, like, I bought the score. I I actually kept trying. This is back in the day. I mean, I had to buy the CD of the score, like, and I believe – I went and bought it the day it actually was released. I, I went really quickly. I was, I was really on the score and I listened to the, the fuck out of it, like all the time, just like while he's writing or whatever. And then I bought the DVD as soon as, I, you know, because I was working at Blockbuster with these guys that we just mentioned at the time. So I bought the DVD pretty much as soon as I could. And when I moved into the dump with you all, I, you know, I brought the DVD with me and this became one that most of us that live there just ad nauseum just watched it ad nauseum just would just put it on repeat basically i mean you, that was a function on the dvd player you could make it do that so we would just do that we did yeah
1: except me and which was and i thought a lot about this travis today i i had a, you know i really truly did just had a flat out i was a natural born online troll in real life where hmm. I'm just being contrarian just to be contrarian. i am like, well, I'm not going to watch this. Everyone else is watching it. I wouldn't say it out loud like that. <laughs>
2: oh, no, We knew, just, though. We, we knew you. Oh, oh, it's
1: obvious. Yeah, it's obvious. <laughs> it's not a secret whatsoever. so oh, you guys but...
2: all love this thing? It must suck. All my closest <laughs> and best friends really love this thing. I'm sure their opinion is terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Such a stupid, I, God, immaturity, folks. It can oh, really you? set you back, folks. Let me tell you something. But, yeah, so I, I definitely walked by this movie while you guys were having fun watching it at the dump too many times.
2: And there was other movies that we watched on repeat that you did enjoy, but not this one. Yeah, you go back to the basement and do whatever you did down there. Maybe I heard
1: the music and I'm like, this sounds like a scary movie. I'm out of here. That may have been it. You are, you are, are
2: turned off by genre. This is is even back then. Yeah, Yeah, this
1: goes back forever. So yeah, yeah.
2: This is very this is genreific in a lot of ways. I mean, it's it's a horror comedy period piece. It's rare. Black comedy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Eric, so, what uh, about is you? that the tail? Then? Yeah. Oh, that's the tail, yeah. Great.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, that's the tail. Eric, you, yeah. you remember you no were there. We just kind of recounted it. But I ahead. remember
3: we, we were anticipating it, but. We were worried that no one would be playing it. Did we not have to go all the way out to the famed Star Southfield to watch this thing?
2: I believe we had to go out of our way. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a drive. The Star Southfield, which was a game changer because they had stadium seating in 1999. It was Yeah. There was so much. Oh.
2: And they had enough theaters that they actually would play like art stuff, like independent stuff.
3: That's right. And we went, I remember we went in the morning uh like the first showing and i, I remember being hung over from a night of poker at kapowski's and the the only thing i remember about this viewing is being hung over in my brain hemorrhaging in pain thanks to this soundtrack like in the background so i couldn't enjoy it at first like because, yeah now, play it again mike picture this when you have a migraine headache and you're completely dehydrated for ninety minutes, <laughs> oh man,
2: you loved it. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, that's brutal.
3: So I walked out of the theater in tremendous amount of pain and annoyance. <laughs> so it took a it took a few viewings for me to fully uh, appreciate it. But before you flip flop, yeah, yeah, before I flip flop, as usual. But this is March <laughs> of ninety nine, man. This is a few weeks before <laughs> the Matrix, and you know, before every fucking incredible movie ever made was released in this year.
1: <laughs> Oh, yeah. This is March? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I thought Gabowski's didn't start till later in the year. Boy. Okay. Well, not. The, I don't want to split hairs here. I remember. I remember when I moved to my dad's after we moved out of the Roth House at the end of the summer, then Gabowski's was the place to go. But that doesn't mean <laughs> that didn't exist already prior to that.
3: So. You went there after it stopped being cool, though. I, I'm original.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure Scott. Skutsky lived there. He could probably tell us. At any rate. Yeah. I... Never saw this movie officially, although I've seen I've seen the movie on a TV, a very shitty TV, <laughs> I might add. Uh,
2: and 20 uh, years ago.
1: At least, yeah. 20 years ago at the dump on a, a tube television with no HD. Not even a whiff of HD. Not even an HDMI <laughs> import. You know, input. There would be nothing there no, whatsoever like that. No. And, uh the guys, Luke, our friend in particular, Luke loved this movie. He always talked about this. This is one of his favorite films. In fact, I'm sure he's going to check this episode out because. Hi Luke. He's gonna want to suck. He's ravenous about ravenous, right? He's gonna suck it all up. He's a madman. Uh, I don't know the score. So, did you guys look up the score on IMDb? I did not look up the score. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess this is a, a
2: cult classic kind of film. I think that. I mean, this is one as, as I mentioned last episode that I wouldn't have chosen because I, I I've not seen it probably in ten years. But I, I I have I had little doubt in my mind how I felt about it. And I think that most people would feel if you liked it, you liked it a lot, right? So I'm going to say in the sevens, but at the same time, enough people will be turned off by it for how gory and different it is. I'm going to say
3: 7.1. Well, Christ, I did accidentally see the thermometer on this one and it's 49%. So I'm going to say that has a a bit of an impact on this IMDB Mm. score. I'm going to say 6.8.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to ignore what you just said, which just tried to influence my score decision, which <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, I was originally going to say that it was like a seven six. I really mm. thought it would be that high. Okay. Wow. People, okay. That people would love it who did watch it. Yeah. You know? mm. And that's not true. It's What's a 7. It? It's a 7. Okay, I was okay. close.
2: Okay. I was close.
1: Yeah. Sure. Rock solid 7, though. That's an, a solid, excellent, not an elite Hall of Fame film, but an excellent film.
2: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think that's a good score for treasured among fans of it, but not exactly a, a commonplace film that everyone's seen.
1: I think that's fair, and you know, sometimes people just don't know what the hell they're talking about. So who knows? But as Eric <laughs> mentioned, forty nine percent from the critics. Ouch. That is, yeah. that really surprises me. For even yeah. though I mean, this isn't my favorite movie of all time, but forty nine percent from the the critics i remember at the
2: time oh, being I- shocked by the because i mean like we saw again like, we saw it i think like when it came out like it may <laughs> have even been like a sneak peek or something like we mm-hmm. saw it really really early and i remember like i we knew almost nothing about it we knew it was a that it took we knew that it was a, a cannibal movie that had guy pierce in it i think that was all we knew <laughs> That's all we needed to know <laughs> and uh <laughs> god is that true is that all we knew um, were we a guy Pierce fan already at that point? I don't know what we, we didn't know much. That's yeah, sure.
1: he just done LA Confidential, so we love yeah, that. Okay, I'm, I'm,
2: that yeah, that, you're right, yeah. that probably was what did it. So, because I remember being like, Oh, like as, as it started, I remember being like, Oh, it takes place in the past. I wasn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know that it was going to be like a you know, period piece anyway. Oh, I don't know where I was going with that. Critics for
3: yeah, uh, confidential kind, came out in 97 yeah, yeah. and that was like, Wow. That's where critics I'm going with that. Eviscerated the film. I can't believe
1: the critics are so pissed. We'll, we'll find out what they have to say. But this, <laughs> I'm really shocked by this 49. percent uh, Man, that this is prime uh, Desen territory. 99, out. right?
2: Should
1: have Destin oh, chiming oh, in. Oh, Desin, Tom, Desin. <laughs> Let's try a different one. How about Renee Rodriguez from the Baltimore sure. Sun? Absolutely. Renee says it's too muddled to be considered a success. But the fact that such an un Compromisingly mean loopy film can still be made within the studio system. Will be reason enough for some people, and you know who you are, to celebrate. Do we know who we are? I guess
2: so. <laughs> I People like me that thought... I just called it independent film, but she's right. It is a studio yeah. movie. How am I not myself? How am I not I myself? Know. Another independent <laughs> spirit independent spirit for a studio film in that one, too.
3: <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that's... $12 million budget. So, this is the late 90s when they're greenlighting like 10 to $20 million movies, and the, mm-hmm. you get these bonkers plots that you're not going to see studios. Like, streaming will make them, but back in the 90s, they, they would just make these really odd they take a chance on these odd movies and for 12 million they took a chance marketing <laughs> the marketing i have to you did you happen to watch the preview like the trailer like in anticipation of the episode
2: no i didn't
3: oh my god like <laughs> the, the studio had no clue what to do with this product so I, you, you got to watch the trailer <laughs> because there, there's this like it's not even music from the film, it's just like stupid, like uh romantic comedy, like dumb goof music. Uh, and literally, this is what the narrator really? said. This is literally what the narrator says. <clears throat> One man must choose between having dinner and being dinner. They show Guy <laughs> Pierce eating a steak, having dinner. He's gonna choose between having dinner, like it's like a like a dinner comedy. It's Dude, so it gets extremely.
2: worse. It actually gets worse because as you were talking about <laughs> right. talking, I do remember um the preview. Mm. Actually, they, they didn't use the music from All Barn and Nyman. They used mm. um fucking Rob Zombie. So, yeah, Rob zombie. zombie. So, like, you're what? watching the preview and, like,
0: the. I'm oh, like, boy. oh my God,
2: it looked like trash. I go. mean, yeah, this movie didn't. The, 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 the little bit of marketing that they did for it was. Not representative. Or <laughs> I'm sending you to Calving Dinner, Fort Spencer.
0: Listen we to this. Four missing soldiers, Captain, and no bodies. We need a supportable explanation. Uh, Captain John Boyd is out <laughs> to solve a mystery. No one what? just ends up at Fort Spencer. We come for a, a reason. Did yours being? Well, <laughs> but he is about to discover. <laughs> We have a great sense of comedy here Fort Spencer. (laughs) Something he never imagined. (laughs) It's an old Indian myth from the north. Man eats the flesh of another, he absorbs the other man's strength. Now, one man must choose between having dinner and being. Having dinner! Good gracious. that's so annoying. Stu. I'm Knox. Guy Pierce. I'm so crazy. Robert Carlyle. It is tough, I'm... but then a uh, good soldier ought to be. Jeffrey Jones. We uh, want to bring you into the fold. <laughs> David Arquette. Oh, that's a spoiler. <laughs> No guilt. I gotta eat. <laughs> it's tough making friends. Man, I'm glad I didn't eat before I started To eat I I to eat. Uh-huh. Turn right, it off. It off. <laughs> oh, no. really oh
2: man. I, uh, yeah, oh, if I had man. seen this preview, I probably still would have seen the movie, but I don't know that I would have been like rushing the theaters, because oh, that, I mean, for one, a ton of spoilers exactly why I hate previews, and two, that was nauseating. <laughs> Having dinner.
1: There's that was beautiful, no though, man. That was, that was hilarious. hilarious. That was tear-inducing <laughs> comedy to me, because that is so bad. That is, Can you imagine, that's like, when bad could yeah. be so funny.
2: Imagine the people oh. that made that preview being like, Well, we've got this Mexican American war film, like this manifest yeah. destiny thing right. with vampires or something. Like, how are we, <laughs> it's a comedy? How are we gonna fucking what? Yeah. <laughs> Major <laughs> wow, not. Wow, has a problem.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so wow, right. okay,
1: hey. okay, that yeah. <laughs> thanks It'll for that. That was hilarious, that was wonderful. <laughs> Okay, that no, was wonderful. Uh, anyways, back to the, uh, the critics. Roger Ebert said, uh, uh, <clears throat> all, right. all right, of course, mm-hmm. a vampire is simply a cannibal with good table manners, and Ravenous is a darkly atmospheric film about an epidemic of flesh-eating and the fearsome power that it brings. <laughs> okay, well, that's sure. yeah. that tongue-in-cheek. That's very factual, I guess. The yeah, very factual. <laughs> Very factual. Uh, Todd McCarthy of Variety says, Ravenous is a largely unappetizing stew. <laughs> by the way, all these are just filled with endless puns about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, an unappetizing stew enlivened at times by the struggle of its characters to be or not to be cannibals. Yeah, that's, that's the Shakespeare, plot. Travis, we but know it, you love Shakespeare. It so. is a part. I
3: disagree with uh, the comment about the stew because, I'm sorry, stew Alamedra Knox looks good to me. Every time I watch it, it
1: looks good.
2: I, I eat beef stew all the time. I love beef stew. It looks just like that.
1: <laughs> man. Okay. So, anyway, so the critics, uh, like, man, they just did not like this movie overall, which, again, surprises me. Very much surprising. Uh, Great show so far. Thanks, Thank Master. You, that's Master. very kind of you. Hopefully, you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, which is where you can watch these live or anytime you want. If you can't sleep and you're thinking about ravenous at 4 a.m., you can pop <laughs> this on and watch this right now. So That's exciting. Here's some things I thought about, guys. Uh, I absolutely thought of The Revenant when I thought of this movie, and not just because there's Vs in the titles, but when he jumps (laughs) off the cliff, I totally Mm. thought The Revenant stole it from this movie entirely. It really, it was so obviously like, wow, well, you clearly have seen Ravenous. I know it's possible for people to jump off cliffs, but he falls down on the tree. He doesn't fall down in the exact manner. Well, the the Revenant's
2: based on Hugh Glass, which is a, Mm -hmm. that's a real person with a real story. And that, as I I recall, that was part of his story that he'd fallen off a cliff or whatever. And that's why they, that's why his, that's why his fellow men like left him. So, Just something I thought of. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Certainly the depiction is similar, but there's only so many ways to show someone jump off a snowy cliff, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, you know, I never do... You guys take notes for these movies, and I never do that, so I decided for the first time ever to jot down a few things, so I'm proud of myself, and I want to give you guys full credit for really taking the job seriously, so kudos to Travis and Eric for taking notes. (laughs) Uh, I also thought the ending final last act where... Mm -hmm. You know, the general's coming back, and it's good. Hey, is Boyd going to become a cannibal forever? Find out next time, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I thought of the devil's <laughs> advocate so much it was like this same last like 10 minute hey we gotta sell this guy oh. on being the next thing here it really made me think of that same premise of the devil's advocate which i just thought was interesting as well right. al pacino selling keanu reeves like hey take your place here and then in this movie robert kailo and jeffrey jones to a certain extent are trying to sell boy don't be coming a cannibal pal
2: <laughs> Can- a Can- cannibal that's <laughs> a cool part about it
3: it's, it's uh I believe it's Mistopheles and Faustian relationship we got going mm-hmm. on here,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and and it 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 makes it so much more interesting that they're looking for a, uh, like a companion. I mean, yeah, it does remind me of both Interview with the Vampire and Lost Boys. They're not just trying to kill Boyd; like mm-hmm. they literally want like a, a companion to jo- to join them on on this uh, new life, and that's mm-hmm. so much more interesting than just this uh, hack and slash, like leave the ring and hit each other with steel chairs like blood and guts shit you got going on. So that's a human element.
2: And this is so much more grounded, right? Mm -hmm. For one, it's it's the Donner Party. I mean, that's what we're talking about. The Donner Party was like close to 100 people. This is like six or whatever. But this is very clearly inspired by the Donner Party in many different ways. And then you mash that up with, it's I mean like it's on the the Ojibwe the Algonquins are on the other side of the continent but the but the Wendigo myth comes from there so you mash mm-hmm. that up with the Wendigo myth and, and like pepper it in with some uh, vampirism and you've got yourself a nice unique film here that's actually like one of the rev- one of the reviewers that you mentioned uh, called it muddled I I'm like to me this is not muddled at all I find it an, inc- an incredibly concise film like this happens then this happens then this happens and this happens and it's over. Yeah, like it's it's really I think I always find it very much. I'm always like, oh, shit, it's already almost over because it kind of gets ahead of me. And real quick, too, while I'm kind of addressing um, some of the historical points that comes out of it, I checked. I I could only find I'm sure there's others, but I could only find one other film, some Tom Behrens movie I'd never heard of that's (laughs) based even remotely around the Mexican-American War. I mean, the Mexican-American War is such an integral and interesting part of American history. This whole that whole. This whole time period, like, why is there not a ton of movies about this? And and to take the Donner Party and take the Mexican-American War war and, and jam them up the way that they do. I mean, for me, that's just like, oh, yeah, that's that's Travis Bate. Hmm.
1: <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, also, the director, M- Milcho menchevsky was fired two weeks into production of this film and replaced by oh. Antonia Bird. Yeah, he, he, wasn't Bird. he wasn't playing
3: ball. it wasn't playing ball with Laura Ziskin, who, like, I guess ran... The studio with an iron fist, and just completely wanted to turn it into probably what we were seeing in that in that trailer, <laughs> which is something more uh, just like completely fun and zany. I think she wanted to strip a lot of like the, the independent nature out of, out of the film, and because she brought in what she did was she dismissed Mashevsky, and she literally brought Raja Gosnell to the set, and Raja Gosnell is the director of Home Alone three, and mm-hmm. he's Columbus's <laughs> editor. And she's wow. like, here's our new director. We got rid of that other guy. He wasn't playing ball. And the cast mutinized. They were like, we're, <laughs> we're out. Like, we, we we don't want to. Uh, this who villainous. the fuck is this guy? Yeah, who the fuck is Raja Goss now? home on three his hair, terrible. So yeah. they were going to walk until Robert Carlyle brought in Antonio Berg,
1: who we worked with with Priest. So. On Faces. Oh, yeah, on our Faces
2: face too, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Both movies. That's fascinating. Okay,
2: and then that she had sense. worked also on Face with uh, Damon Albarn. That was like his mm-hmm. first chance uh, in acting, so she was able to wrangle him in for that. And and Michael Nyman. We've talked about him before. While we're back on the score, he also did Gattaca. Really, really yeah. talent, talented. He yeah. um, just just and, and and what a unique score. And so, so yeah, what a blessing that uh, that Carlisle was able to pull her in on this because this is i mean she didn't do a ton of stuff and unfortunately in her in her in her in her lifetime but mm-hmm. uh she did like I And mean, she did a few she did like six movies and, I've, and i saw a face and that is good uh but this is definitely from what i can tell the biggest you know the one that she's probably most
1: known for yeah you also got opum shows up i'm like oh it's opum there he is yeah. jeremy davies okay oh yeah. hey, good to see you coming twitchy. off of uh saving private ryan Not and sure. that- <laughs> Neil McDonough is a bizarre human being to me. He, he
3: is. Uh, is he real? Like,
1: do we brain. really think he's an actual human? His eyes and that bleach blonde hair and he's always ripped. He seems like an android. I, I know I seen him in a minority <laughs> report as well. So maybe that's yeah. feeding into some weird sci-fi thing in my brain. But man, he is a fascinating human being.
2: I know that after, like shortly after this movie, he went and like left Hollywood, went like sold cars for a while. That was, he went
3: back to I Venus did. and came back for M. Bison in the Street Fighter <laughs> Legend of Chun-Li.
1: Was he M. Bison? Oh, yeah, man. he
3: was M. Bison.
1: That sounds, I don't like that cast yeah, at all. Okay, that doesn't matter. He's fantastic. That, <laughs> and David Arquette. David, David Arquette, Arquette. When I saw that. Oh, when I saw that. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I'm like, like, wait, these guys love Ravenous, okay? They yeah. love it. They grew up on it, and they love a movie that has David Arquette Sure. Getting this credit, I'm like, what? Well, this can't be for one. Real.
2: David Arquette, for what it's worth, at the time was not the David Arquette that we have
1: now necessarily.
2: And which I'm not against David Arquette, and I know that you guys aren't particularly either. He's not. He's just maybe not. We watched list.
1: that documentary last he, year, exactly. And, but he
2: he does have good moments in him, like, and he sometimes he's the right person for the role, such as mm-hmm. Hamlet, too, right? Like sometimes <laughs> he's he's just the ideal perfect. person for the role, and I think he's perfect in this role. And it's and it's like he doesn't. I, I was. Mean, <laughs> that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say that (laughs) he's he's gonna and also a quick shout out to dream with the fishes i mean that was around a little bit before that a while before that but he had established himself as a a serious good dramatic actor and then was popping with scream so it kind of made sense to give him that and billing
1: yeah that that's what surprised me he's like yeah he ended up fitting greatly so i give him full credit for that good job david Arquette, which is you know, this is why we watch these movies and do this show. You get surprised and it's it's I like being surprised in it's a good fun. way, too. And going back to the Mexican-American War part, Travis, that you mm-hmm. mentioned, this movie also all the categories we put it into earlier on with the black comedy and horror or whatever else we said it was yeah. historical drama.
2: <laughs> I mean, look, yeah,
1: it. Is also a meditation on PTSD in a time that would would never, ever, ever even be discussed. I mean, he gets constantly chastised by everyone after he survives this horrific ordeal. And forget the cannibalism. The Mm -hmm. most horrific parts of this movie are the war scenes and him being piled up in that body cart, which is that's intense shit. And It's really, really just put in there so well, so so well done in the fact that it wouldn't be harped on because nobody would know what the fuck PTSD was back then. So that's another thing that gives this movie bonus points to me.
2: Yeah. One of the things I really like about this movie... Is the gore? I think it's handled really, really well. There's so much gore in this movie that it starts to become invisible. Like it's, it's just one of the goriest fucking movies I can think of. By the time you by the time you get to Knox's headless, armless body at the end, you don't even give a shit anymore. Uh, but early on, you know, when like that scene with him in the cart and he's having yeah. the flashbacks while everyone's eating the bloodiest steak
1: in world history, <laughs> they're, they're all <laughs> and, eating like psychos. It's hilarious, right?
2: <laughs> and then he turns the, you know, he can't handle it, and he turns a corner to throw up, and they freeze frame there to bring in this zany, like, country kind of old-timey music and give you the ravenous font, and you're like, this is the fucking movie we're in for now. And it's yeah. we talk about setting the tone. Hey, right. like, this is going to be a gory, weird movie. Yeah. Strap in. Thank God they do that
3: so early. I mean, Christ, yeah. they do it earlier than that. They give you this profound Nietzschean quote and then the stupid <laughs> eat-me quote with, like, a yeah. flat noise when it comes on the screen. So you know what you're getting into, but to, to your point, Mike, like, one of my favorite things about this film is the performance by guy pierce and i think a lot of people kind of misinterpreted what he's doing in this as kind of just being the lead who's just wandering around the entire time but it's not that at all man like he does two things yes he is shell shot from his experience in the war but he's also kind of like a junkie for human blood so he's going through withdrawal the entire time and he is is he's reticent and he's an aware he's aware of his own cowardice and he freely admits it he's not this brazen hero who's denying it and lying to himself he freely is scared he's conflicted and he thinks he's a coward and probably doesn't even deserve to live hence we get that ending
2: well he might very well be a coward but you get that moment with neil mcdonald's or Neil, yeah neil mcdonald's character Reich, where he's like like, you're, you're, you're afraid of the sight of the blood and he's not afraid of the sight of the blood he's like he's hungry. Tantalized. Right, yeah, he's tantalized, and that's bothersome to him, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, uh, wait, I'm sorry, we got... Uh,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, here. Uh. Uh,
2: my favorite quote from Aaron Kruger, my favorite quote is, I holding up a knife and saying, with disdain and excitement, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then that zany music again comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, there it's you go, great Mike. Scene. Yeah, you're, you're right, though,
3: man, like, uh, it's all over his face, no pun intended, just his, his taste for craven blood and hunting yeah. is, is just... And- just out of reach, and he's trying to deny it.
2: And the Algonquin myth of uh Wendigo, in that myth, you you're the, the you're more susceptible to becoming the Wendigo if you have like these moral failings, such yeah. as greed or selfishness mm-hmm. or or cowardice. So it mm-hmm. makes sense that that Boyd and also and remember, like I've says, like he's he's mentally not, I don't want to say weak <clears throat> necessarily, but he's he's weak in a lot of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. when when he's in a vulnerable point in his life, when he's he, disease stricken, yeah, he's disease stricken and he's suicidal when he when he when he eats right. the the first eats the flesh and 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 also Jeffrey Jones's character Hart. I mean, he's not exactly a strong man, you know? He, he seems to have risen through the ranks. Yeah, he seems to have risen through the ranks more for his affability than mm-hmm. yes. for any sort of
1: courage or anything. The affable yeah. colonel. Yeah. Tonight, yes. I all knew the affable colonel. Yeah, you're right. That's absolutely true. And, yes, Jeffrey Jones, unfortunately, has a checkered past of disappointing mm. charges yeah, yeah. and convictions, which yeah. we are you – know, you can Google it if you want, but yeah, I don't recommend right. it. But he – is excellent in this movie and oh, his performance and that character i as a first time viewer again i'm always I feel like i'm always the first time viewer mm-hmm. i had no idea that he would show up again that yeah. was like oh what okay it made sense after <laughs> sure. he did show up but i was really not expecting him although they might have given it away to me a tad with some of the the camera shots of the sword that they were mm-hmm. doing in the moments mm-hmm. leading up to because i know Knox is going to get killed that's right. why Boyd keeps calling out, Knox, Knox, Knox. The music
2: like- really, really builds there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you but, know uh... that, like, there's something else coming.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, there he was. Yep. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, his private life aside, uh, he's paid his dues for it. And he, he may or may not be a good person in his heart. We don't know. He gives the best performance in the film for me. Um, he, he has the, one of the more layered characters because he's struggling with like the nobility of his position and Mm -hmm. this is like a huge guy who's not up to a three-day long journey Mm. right thing and he's got this inner conflict and that's what i dig about the the wendigo and your point travis like i think uh because also one of the things that wendigo can do is uh curse you Mm
2: -hmm. uh yeah
3: and i believe he just may be cursed by it um um like Laterally from the other people because he's he's not prepared to to continue on in this life, which is interesting.
2: Yeah, and I also find Boyd also does have moral fortitude ultimately because mm. he refutes like you know Bo- uh, Ives tells him it's just acquiesce, it's so easy just give in, and, and yeah. he won't he because it's the wrong thing to do, and he and it actually takes him a long time to eat Reich even though he knows by that point what it could do for him and save oh, his man. life, and he awesome. and he still holds off on doing it. So actually, while he does kind of have, like, he's he's just not a killer is really what it comes down to. He's not someone that wants to kill people.
1: Right. He's not a murderer. Right. He is willing to sacrifice his own life in the end. And, you know, the whole mm-hmm. bit laid out by Martha? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Martha. Mm-hmm. Saying that you're going to, you know, Wendigo just takes and takes. And to stop Wendigo, you have to give, which is, I, I dig that. I like that tale. Yeah. It's a, that's a nice little storytelling twist. And I also think about what he said when Eves and well, he's Eaves now. Carl, uh, he's Calhoun, and he's Eaves. I'll just Ives. I like Eaves.
2: <laughs> That's wrong. All
1: right. Is that E V E Eaves? Ives is telling Mister Boyd that. Ah, yes, morality—the last bastion of a coward. Yeah, and I love that line. That's a line. great fucking Beautiful. line. I never thought about it like that, and. It hit me hard. It really did. And that's a good movie right there. That's a movie that's onto something, let alone all the silly stuff that might be happening and the jokes and all that. This is a thought-provoking film, too. Mm-hmm. And it's also a... I said it's about it's about PTSD, a meditation on that. It's also a fucking drug addicts movie. It's a junkie's glory. Like really you already is. hinted at the junkie who <laughs> needs the blood, Eric. Really is. This is... I, I just kept thinking about how in that scene, again, this is when they're outside after Eves comes back and takes over the Fort Gosh. Spencer. Is that what Paul
2: Spencer. Yeah. Shit.
1: Did mm-hmm. I say Eves yep. again? <laughs> that's hilarious. And they're back. So they're out there talking at night. And this is the only part of the movie that bothered me was the games that uh Ives is playing when he comes back. And oh, mm-hmm. of course the bullet wound's gone and he's healed up. because, But then you learn why that is after the fact. So then I post, you know, I guess uh, uh later on I take that back. Kind of, right. Retroactively mm-hmm. say, all right, right, fuck it. Who cares? You're right. Yeah. That's not important. <laughs> but he's talking about you can smell the bloody. He cuts them. Boyd cuts mm-hmm. Eves. Ives shit, <laughs> with a knife. And you can smell his blood right there. You right. can smell mm-hmm. it, and you know what it'll do for you. Right. But he mm-hmm. still resists, like you said. And that is a guy who's—he wants it. He's got to have it, and he's right. addicted to it because it seems to be very addictive. And, and it's not
2: just him, right? It's also Jeffrey Jones's character, Hart, and John Spencer's character, General Foster. Yeah. <laughs> that stew. Right. Going back right. to he, the he, stew, right? Him, little- him, right? So you know when you see him taste the stew at the end, stew at the end, you're like, "Fuck!" Like he's—he's he's, in this in this world. Like one sip, one taste of humankind, and you are addicted to it.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's better than any opioid on planet Earth, apparently. So Just, just mainline that man flesh. Yeah, um. and that's, this is, so that's what's going on here, too. This is a, this is a junkie, you know, it's fascinating. The facets of this film, you wouldn't expect it. I really did not expect it to have so many angles, and it really does.
2: Yeah, it's very layered. Yeah. And, uh, and, one, again, one of the, uh, layers that jumped out to me this time to get back to the historical significance of it, maybe because I know a lot more now than I did maybe last time I watched it. But this movie takes place in in 1847. That is I think the year after either Casno or or old Sullivan published the original article that had the phrase manifest destiny in it so him Mm -hmm. using that phrase manifest destiny is like super it'd be like using you know the hot buzz phrase of the time frame and kind of like (laughs) referring to that and then he's talking about the you know the the, the gold rush. And he's talking about coming statehood and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh man, this is just so juicy. Part of me wishes that Boyd would just join up and we could have sequels of them like praying on all of these, <laughs> on all these people, these pioneers coming through that in gold, you know, gold panners and stuff. That'd be awesome.
3: Yeah, that would be incredible. Uh, going back to one, one, um, one thing that um, you talk about when um, Ives or Calhoun comes back and reveals the shoulder, you know, Uh, Another one of my favorite things about the Wendigo is uh, its place in, like, fear-based folklore. Uh, From what I understand, it's also kind of used as uh, something to precede, like, the understanding of, like, the mentally ill people to kind of give give an excuse because they, before modern medicine, they didn't know what could be causing, like, hysterics. So they would blame it on uh, a creature or they would just, like, you know, try to prevent... Like foolish people from just wandering into the wilderness and and dying. So, or both. both. So, there's kind of an opportunity to question like these supernatural elements. So, if it's not shown to you, and we could question, well, are these guys going crazy? It's like a stir crazy situation. Are they going nuts and they think they have superpowers because of the isolation and all that? But it does kind of confirm it when you have a vanishing wound. Mm, It's just another thing.
1: Yeah, I always complain about characters straying away from their actual character or who they would mm-hmm. be. It's mm-hmm. always a bugaboo for me. And in this film, the characters stay true to themselves. That's another excellent yeah. point of yeah. emphasis yeah. for this film. Yeah, really? and,
2: and that's and that's and that to me is uh, why Hart the character. It's not just Jeff, Jeffrey Jones's performance. It's it's Hart's arc where you he, you see him like. Go from having to use the book to to slam the walnuts and then crushing them in the palm of his hand, awesome. and he feels that power, and he and he and he's trying to like you have to kill him. He's getting all worked up about it, but then wow. he very quickly <laughs> and easily <laughs> deflates, right? Like it, pretty much like he he asks him, "Can you be trusted?" And Boyd's like, "No." And then like Boyd tells him, "I'm going to kill him." And he's like, and that's when he that's when he releases yeah. him, With, you know. And it's like it's it's very much like he did not have this. He did not make a choice in this. He was pulled into this. The 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 desire to live is going to obviously kind of take hold of you and you're going to adapt to the circumstances, but ultimately he too is a, his character is a good person and, and mm-hmm. would rather die than live like that. That's awesome.
1: It's yeah. also a part of me that wishes maybe Boyd does eat Carlisle. Carlisle. I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, I'm mixing all. The, you got me or- in the. So in the head with his Eves. i am <laughs> yeah. so screwed up now. I'm going to tell you this. I kind of wish he did eat him and then just couldn't he just live his life though? He's like, okay, I just want to live now. I'm a good person. I never wanted to hurt anybody. I'm just gonna have some of them. Can he, is he allowed to? I don't even know the rules. Too. No, like, no, no, no.
2: He, there's like a there's like a burning intense desire for that. He's in he's in withdrawal. That's why he's all pale and mm-hmm. shitty looking. Like, and that's why he's like looking at the fire and like his brain is and why he's he's watching David Arquette's character and like fantasizing about murdering him. <laughs> it's like, like
1: Interview with the Vampire.
2: Right. If he if he lives, he'll kill. If he, mm-hmm. if he if he if he can if he if he were to eat calhoun if he were to not if he were to walk away from that situation he would kill and he would like you know he's, he's a fucking vampire now he
3: it, can't get it. He
2: there's no right. way out right you have to give your life you have to give mm-hmm. everything
1: okay that's true
2: oh
3: man also
1: awesome. this movie looks gorgeous uh wherever they find these spots these are places in the united states by the we can apparently visit and see with our yeah. own eyes i mean this it's is, right uh... there
3: this is Slovakian mountains, my friend. This is the Czech Republic. Doubling hey, for oh shit!
1: Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, we could still see it with our own eyes.
2: We could go there oh. if we wanted yeah. to, technically. Yeah. There. Is that because?
1: Well, that's interesting. Okay, I wonder if because uh, the original director was Yugoslavian. Uh, maybe there was a connection oh. to the Eastern Europe over there. I wonder who started the original creation of this project too. Like, was well, it the Tim idea... Griffin? Was the yeah. was the, the writer? writer.
2: Yeah, went on to do part, or one of the co-writers of Oceans
1: Eleven, yeah, um, oh. some, other, some other
2: big stuff. This was the this was his big breakthrough film, though. This was the his first one to get made.
1: Well, either way, it's just a it's. Those shots of Fort Spencer and the mountains and uh, even them Look, going through grand. the woods and everything. They found Target. the cave, the perfect cave for mm-hmm. everything. Whoever was the line producer on this movie, good for you. You found <laughs> yeah. some great locations.
2: And the set design is all fantastic. I mean, the production design, like the the, the whole little Fort Spencer itself, with all of those little burning little mm-hmm. trash mm-hmm. fires and stuff everywhere. And it all feels <laughs> so lived in and rusty and and, <laughs> and and like you're gonna, you know, like you're gonna get tetanus just walking through there. The chickens are running around wild and shit. It all feels very authentic. And that's that's one of the yeah. things I mean one of the many things I think to love about this movie is is there's authenticity in the performances there's authenticity in the sets and then there's aut- authenticity in the filming I didn't think to check the cinematographer here but but Antonia Bird and her cinematographer do a really fine job I mean watching this uh you know on the HD version like it really still looks really really good it's understated it's mm. not it's not too vibrant but it's not too dull it's like this really perfect tone. I don't know how quite to explain this aspect of it. but I just really love the way it looks.
3: Quick note, Alejandro Iñárritu, you don't have to put your entire cast and crew in mortal danger to get uh, (laughs) shots of the beautiful, rugged, mountainous wilderness. But most of that snow uh, to this point even is actually a bunch of fucking down pillows torn up because oh, there was no snow snow in uh the czech republic and, and during this winter where they shot oh, it oh shit it yeah. looks great yeah, i never would have guessed awesome. yep.
2: I, I, did, would I. I did notice at one point that there's like a lot more snow by the cave and then not not much by fort spencer itself but i just assumed the cave was at a higher altitude the, the uh, cinematographer design.
1: was anthony b richmond who yeah. has had a busy career a very busy career maybe what, not a legendary career. known for uh, he's just done a bunch of movies that you wouldn't think of, like Good Luck Chuck, you know, as the cinematographer. Yeah, you know, he, oh, would, my God. He was the Just Friends. He was the director <laughs> did, of photography on Just was, Friends. Just Friends. He, wow. friends, he right?
2: shot that check, face. How about
3: that? that he does a lot of,
1: out,
2: you guys. We did that one very recently. That face.
1: <laughs> Legally blonde, the sweetest thing, men of honor. Well, he, uh, yeah, you so, know. It's funny you mentioned that because Antonia Bird, before,
2: like she did that, <gasps> that mad love with fucking uh, yeah, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. O'Donnell what do, what yeah. do you got, Mike? You're very excited. I'm
1: sorry, he did, it Bring says it up, this ready? right here. He is the fucking director of photography, the cinematographer on Full Body Massage. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs>
2: yes. Is this
3: yes. how Doug,
0: Doug does it? it?
1: Wow.
2: How Doug shot it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. My night's made. I don't care what happens out. That is mind blowing. Wow.
2: (laughs) I love that that movie's like serious cinema. (laughs) He
1: took it. (laughs) Wow. I'm sorry. Well, he
3: came a long way because Full Body Massage is like, what, eight years before this? And it's shot. No, 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 it's 95. It's
1: 95.
3: Well, there you go. Four years later. It's a TV movie, though. Awful cinematography. Yeah, he just—he was just showing
2: up for work, probably you know, <laughs> yeah, making, making that paycheck. That. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna watch you. this trash. No one's gonna make jokes about this for thirty <laughs> years of their life. <laughs> Damn
3: man. But yeah, I did want to talk about—I didn't record the name, but like some of the best sound like in a movie. I did write down like I don't know if you know this, but I've got something called misophonia, which is like like an extreme hatred of the sound of people eating. So, like, yeah. this opening oh, sequence yeah, yeah. with the plates and the knives, like, the, it sounds like the fucking, like, Mogwai is eating, like, the chicken. It's, like, <laughs> horrible, but it's it's perfect. It brings yeah. you there. And, like, the cliff dive with all the branch, every single branch you hear mm-hmm. snapping and the tumbling, it's
2: fucking awesome. You're right. And then the, the, the final battle at the end, like, that... It, it, that that final battle between Boyd and Ives is is almost teetering on a little bit absurd and almost funny yeah. in, a, in a way they wouldn't have wanted. Uh, it, it, but the but the direction and the sound design and, and 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 kind of the sprawling nature of it, how it goes from place to place. Mm-hmm. Um, save it. if it had just been the two of them duking it out and stabbing each other and making <laughs> weird faces and drooling on one another in the middle of the whole lot, that would not have worked. Right. It, it, nearly was that
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Admittedly. Well, what do you guys so isn't there a sequel to this movie though or a continuation no. with the general i mean the general he's going to become that now right he's eating the stew
2: well i mean i don't know that the world was ready for the horror film starring john spencer uh, you know what i mean like a... i know
1: oh, but i uh, just but do you think he is going to be become... can you eat that stew and just be like well that was good but i didn't my know expect... i was eating human meat so
2: well my expectation then would be would be that without Boyd to guide him so that he knew what it was. Unless... Well, actually, he'd been told about the Wendigo. One of the problems I do have with this movie is, like, why the fuck doesn't Boyd just tell them that Ives or that Calhoun killed everyone? Why does he gotta tell them about the whole Wendigo thing? He must know no one's gonna believe him. But he... But with but with the general knowing that, he might actually, have you know, figure out later on, like, I've got this craving, it won't go away, and then he might kind of figure it out, and he might eat meat for that reason. But uh, otherwise, I think that he wouldn't know what, what he was craving.
3: Yeah. Well... Let's not forget. It, all you really need is human blood. I mean, Boyd gets to taste just because of his his stacked up body ordeal.
1: Yeah, human meat. Yes, uh, uh, John Spencer. This was his final film, by the way. He passed away a few years later. So. Yeah. Good yeah. run, John. Uh, hair was I couldn't believe you could. Was that a wig? Because is that natural? His hair. <laughs> would have been I don't know, but his mustache was great. Him? <laughs> yeah he that was had bald the hell of a mustache yeah he was bald he was yeah. bald. He was. Bald. yeah i mean i saw him in the negotiator a couple years a year yeah, before west wing it, so he's so bald the the in west wing yeah don't bullshit me spencer <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right well there it is this is called ravenous and we talked about it in great detail what an yeah. interesting film to say the least uh any last calls before we shut it down boys
2: uh another shout out to the supporting cast you know we didn't really talk about jeremy davies much or some of these other people a little bit um but i I really every time i watch this movie i'm bummed when everybody starts dying at once you know george gets killed that whole scene that whole sequence the way that uh that robert carlisle plays it how he's like like he's got ptsd and he starts digging and he acts so crazy that no one's gonna pay attention to him so when he starts digging everyone thinks he's just off his rocker but Mm. um it's it always
1: it, he spooked, as they say, he's spooked. spooked,
2: but it's such a wild scene in terms of tone. I can't think of a movie that is so quickly reversing in tone than that whole sequence. So the way it goes from this ominous, intense dread, the slow push pull into the cave, and you're seeing mm-hmm. uh Calhoun slash Ives doing this finger nonsense, and mm-hmm. Jeremy Davies is screaming, and then uh, as, as Aaron mentioned, uh, you know, then then George is, is, or everyone's dead except for Jeremy Davis' character, and he tells him right. to run. And then this happy music comes in, and then they slow down as it, th- things slow down as, uh, as Boyd and Reich sh- uh, show up, and it gets serious again. It's, it's so all over the place. And yet, so I can I see where some people might call it muddled, but to me, it's like really artfully weaving in terms of how it's making the, the viewer feel.
3: It, it's so true, and one of the more unbelievable things about, especially the score, is Nyman and uh, Damon Elbarn, they didn't collaborate. One did their thing, and then the other did their thing, and that that score was just kind of thrown together. Like, they did not really do this together. Yeah, they did their thing separately. That's why you get, like, that beautiful music with yeah. when Boyd's spending night after night after night trapped in that. Uh, yeah that's nyman. that's nyman and then the wacky shit is um is alvar uh, but and
2: then the, then the really memorable. memorable main stuff
3: ding, mm-hmm. ding, 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 that's nyman mm-hmm. that's nyman mm-hmm. that you know that's nyman uh wow that's yeah. cool good to know eric yeah. but bizarre i mean like you know a lot about this movie you i i really don't get this this muddled comment because the plot is actually pretty thin uh group of cannibals, they got to be dealt with in the last hour is just like Boyd you know, sitting around waiting for his his turn to to do what he has to do, but it it, it all works, man.
2: I'll call it concise. Sure. <laughs> it's a concise plot. There's a, it, there's not a lot of frills here. Uh mm-hmm. but there's so much being thrown at us at the same time that you, you wouldn't want to go too far afield. I mean, and and also with all the comedy, the comedy is handled with such a deft touch that you mm. will be like, like I don't laugh out loud much yeah. at this movie, except for I always laugh out loud at <laughs> like when uh, when Hart sits down, they're all getting ready. He's like, "Well, isn't this civilized?" And then, and then, boy, like pukes up some blood or whatever. <laughs> uh, that part of it does always make me laugh. But the movie itself, it's not like a laugh out loud funny kind of movie, but it, yeah. it's so like tongue in cheek, and it's it keeps you <laughs> constantly amused the whole time, even though you're That's not confined.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, it's hard to make friends with cannibals. Right. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
3: that's the thing, though. Like, not only is it not like really funny, it's also like not really scary. Yeah. So, so the blend works because you don't have a push and pull, a a tug for each uh, uh, factor.
1: Yeah, Mike. You you just reminded me they did that. They they did do a jump scare there in the cave with the bat screech. I was like, oh come Mm -hmm. on. It, it bothered me. I was that like was it, that was pretty I caught easy. that and it pissed me off. I, well,
2: you know, it's uh
1: But they always piss me off. I always I'm not hiding who I am. I don't like jump scares. <laughs> I think they're stupid and played out cliches.
2: Mike, I, I want you to deny yourself for the for the purposes of the show. <laughs> Suppress hey! your, your true self and, and accept <laughs> The, the occasional jump scare,
3: except, except that neil McDonough is real
2: <laughs> This kind of real yeah, that's
1: gonna be a tough one
3: that's i
2: love when he goes tough. to choke Boyd out like yes. for no reason yeah. he's just like wow. a pure like like i'm dying and i'm yes. pissed
3: yeah, he's, well he's dead he's dead because of you it's his last attempt to at rid him of his cowardice
1: fucking life awesome. he hates him because he's a coward even though he's dead dying yeah. i hate you
3: gonna you know, fall off a cliff and like land on the <laughs> land on them like perfectly come on now yeah, yeah well I
2: let that one go whatever yeah, yeah I was really... more
1: pissed about the jump scare than that
2: All right. well uh, okay not... well well, well <laughs> Eric you uh you picked this one you want to lead us
1: uh
3: I hadn't seen it in a hell of a long time so I was happy to return you know we didn't get into too much of what I think is pretty blatant homoerotic context here between void and um calhoun um you know i, I think if you look for it, it it's definitely there in terms of you know um this or that maybe we shouldn't get too much into it but uh i kind of dig that um what's where i'm looking for uh enticement of uh this sort of thing um and i think it Speaks for the you know loving embrace in the bear trap too. Like when they're like just like stabbing each other and literally penetrating each other with these blades, it's kind of just like <laughs> this like romantic duel to the death. In my opinion, that's interesting. Something I didn't pick up on. It's interesting but, to and, me
2: that you see that, but yeah, yeah.
3: I, I definitely see it. Uh, but yeah, the entire movie is hundred minutes. It's just this brutal, grisly, ferocious fun ride. It's it's really hard not to like because it's so unique especially for for 1999 man and especially considering all the studio interference this should have been a fucking unwatchable mess (laughs) and yet we're talking about it today with um pure Mm -hmm. glee and uh, it's got a big following and for a good reason man because it knows what it is it succeeds in exactly what it attempts from the first frames to the end awesome movie man if you haven't seen it Please check it out
2: so it holds up for you
3: oh yeah definitely holds up great
2: uh, I'll go ahead and jump in since you're you're the first time here Mike uh I'll lead off with a couple of criticisms since I didn't really have much critical to say I, I do like every time I watch the movie and they're in that bear trap at the end I'm like why are you just letting Carlisle go on? How many last words does the man need to have? Like, like it's just kind of like you said, the last, you you just kind of drags on. So it always kind of irks me there, but that's just a minor complaint. And and another, maybe more adequate complaint. Well, or not necessarily complaint. I don't know. Um, I, I like that George and Martha are in this film. I like that Martha is the guide. I like that Martha gets away at the end. Uh, I like that we, it's, it's made pretty clear that they have been, you know, that, Martha and George were not the names that they were given at birth. That they've gone through some shit uh, to end up where they're at, and it's and they've been kind of, um, you know, they're 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 just kind of going along and trying to live in in that world. So I think they do a pretty good job with them. I, I do think that if you're if you have a movie. And you're not going to have any black people in it whatsoever. And you're going to say it in 1847, and you're going to talk about how one fucking person in this movie who is black for half a second is a quote unquote servant. Just use the word slave. You know, just just use the word slave. Uh, so that was that was one thing watching it. I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, just why why would you choose this word here? But these are kind of nitpicky, maybe minor complaints. Overall to me, again, I would never have chosen this movie because I love this movie. I've loved this movie since I saw it, and I love it still. I think this movie is fan-fucking-tastic. I think it's funny. I think it's weird. I think it's unique. I think it's... it's uh I mean, I think it kind of has an emotional impact on me in some surprising ways too. I think that I think that there's just a lot of meat here to chew on. Sorry to there is. You know, fall Come into on, that man. reviewer kind of pun, but there is. I mean, there's just there's so many layers here to to dig into and and unpack. And uh, I feel like you know it's we're buck twenty five into this show now, but I I could easily talk keep going. I could talk about this movie for a while, but <laughs> we will wrap it up. And I will say that I still strongly feel like it holds up. Cool.
1: Hold you. Wow. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Well, in the end, uh, first time viewer officially. Kind of an unofficial first time viewer in a way. It's a <laughs> movie I've seen on screen a lot. And it's a doozy. It's got a lot to offer. And I wanted to talk about Robert Carlyle because we didn't talk about him enough. And I forgot that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. He's a really outstanding actor. I just love him. You know, anything I ever see him in, he's got such presence and power. Mm -hmm. He also knows how to throttle it down and jack it up whenever it's time to, you know, whatever the situation calls for, he will be there. He sells being terrified when he's originally picked up outside, Mm -hmm. almost left for dead, out the cold, and they save his life. They jump into action to bring him back, and then he sells it as this menacing cannibal. Mm -hmm. So... You know, sometimes one person alone can really bring you to a movie. And yeah. this isn't the case with this, but it certainly is somebody that I'd like to talk about more. or I need to view more. There's still more movies of his that I haven't seen. In fact, I'm sure there's a great majority I still haven't seen. So I'm going to focus on that. Hmm. And then there's Guy Pierce, who's just always underrated. And some reason, he kind of slipped away from... Big-time roles over these recent years. And maybe that was a choice, too. I mean, he's very famous in Australia. He's an Australian actor, so he'll always be, you know, to me, he's right there with Russell Crowe in terms of the kings of being an actor in that realm. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's so unique with what he can do with his eyes. In his emotive responses, without saying much, yeah, isn't it roughly it's like twenty five minutes before he actually says his full first words yeah. of dialogue in this film? Is that, is that
3: true? It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I never even believed. Aside from the narration, yeah, spoken in film, <laughs>
2: twenty five minutes. Yeah, like, that was, that's amazing. Yeah, Sensor. that's pretty wild. So,
1: not everybody can do that. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I love the whole crew. The whole crew is fun. You're right. I, I'm like, oh, man, I don't really want this movie to go down this road when they right. all get ambushed at the cave. I'd like to mm-hmm. – I could see this being a fun road comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1847, <laughs> life on the road with this crew, you know? you got the affable colonel and his hijinks going on with his crew. So this is a movie that you should enjoy, even if you're not into scarier movies or uh, gorier films. It, it, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. But then again, I can't speak for you individually. And gore may be a big problem. All I can tell you is it's it's clever, uh, it's well-paced, and it holds up. So All right. good time. Check Three it out, Revenous. Clearly, like you it. guys were onto something back in oh, 1999. Yeah. <laughs> we I like we so.
3: missed out. You had so many opportunities. Yeah, I did.
1: I know. I had so many opportunities. and I can never go back and get those. All I can do now is enjoy movies with my friends on the podcast, which Aww. is the Cinema 9 podcast. That's right. The we Cinema get to do this every Nine. week, and we're, we're pretty lucky. That's great. Well, I, we'll always so have the trailer, much. too. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is is it my turn? To pick? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not even kidding right now. You have no I'm idea not you, even kidding. you have about
2: to fix something. I got here. a list.
1: I'll get the list. I just well, dawned upon me. Bud. I'm not even
2: kidding. Get the list Holy out. Holy shit like i that's think so like funny. i i don't know about you man i i start dwelling on this shit weeks in advance and i just go back and forth i go through six different movies i'm gonna choose like and here you are in the I, moment i know no it sounds idea. like
1: uh it sounds like a cop-out but like just all day long i'm doing like eight different things rarely do i i just you're haven't been able to focus the on the con- you're the busiest right person now i, I know <laughs> right <laughs> now i'm busy yes i i am that's weird um But I got a whole list here, so we're okay. This is why preparation pays off. So, yes, Eric chose this film. Thank you, Eric. Great selection with Ravenous. Next week's show, which will be episode 96, four away from 100. Don't forget, podcasting after dark is going to be on for 100. So we did 1999. Last week, Travis had us go to 2014, which was the most recent we've ever done, which I respect. And Predestination ended up being a big surprise in a good way. It really was. Uh, And by the way, so many... There's a lot of cuts of the movie shared clips on YouTube all over the place. There's a lot of fans of predestination. And I learned that now. (laughs) Thanks to Travis. So for next week's uh, show, hmm. Hmm. I think, I think I'm going to do this one now. Apparently some people hate this movie, but (sighs) I never understood that. It's got a lot of highbrow, big time talent in it. And, It's a movie from 2004. So we're going to go back to 2004. And we're going to do The Lady Killers. Oh, okay. The the, the Hanks one. Tom Hanks, Marlon Wayans. J.T. Simmons, Cohen brothers, right? Cohen brothers, Coen brothers. Coen that's brothers. right. The Lady Killers. We're doing the Lady Killers. Lady Killers. People say it sucks, and I want to find out why. <laughs> I, I also okay. haven't seen it. I used to like it when it first came out. I watched. It. I was like, "Oh, this movie's great," but I haven't seen it in okay ten All years right. at least. Time to see if it holds.
2: Yeah. Up. Put it on trial.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good choice for this. So we'll see. All right, buddy, All right. and we get to do the Cohen. Well, oh, yeah. we've done the Cohen. Yeah. Oh, we get to do the Cohens again. Because we did yeah, man who wasn't Coens. there. Yeah. That's right. We did do the man who wasn't there, which is one I never saw. So. All right, that's the show. We've done it. Next week, we'll see you here on the Cinnamon iPod. Cinnamon iPod at ProtimeMail.com for Travis Roy and the wonderfully esteemed Eric Brantram. Not that Travis isn't esteemed, actually. I don't even know why I did that now because it seems like I'm esteeming that's one guy it. over the other. <laughs> we love you all. You're all. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night.
2: Flour, bacon.